Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Amen. Amen. Hey, I, I got to ask this question. How many of you out there, uh, when someone is on stage with a mic in their hand, starts to cry, you just start crying along with them? Come on, be honest. Right? Like you just, like you don't even know what's going on. It's just like they're up there and they start to cry and you're like, wait, why, why am I crying? And um, I don't know, why are you? But um, it happens to me. I mean, I'm a big baby. And so I just want to know how many other big babies were out there. And apparently there's quite a few. All right, praise Jesus. Uh, grab your Bibles if you would and uh, go with me uh, to a New Testament book of the Bible. Uh, we're going to a book called John. And it's in the New Testament. Um, we have notes. If you want notes, just shoot your hand in the air. Uh, wave them around. And then we also, uh, three weeks ago, or actually two weeks ago, brought back our uh, middle school class. And so if you are in middle school and you're still sitting in this room, feel free to head to the back. we got a great class for you. Uh, any middle school students, it's, we launched it, like I said, just a couple of weeks ago again. And so, man, we got a great class. Trust me, you want to go. Um, in fact, some of the parents probably want to go. Um, it's, that, it's that cool. So... Um, so we got that plan for you, um, building back our middle school. Uh, we brought it back literally two weeks ago after being shut down for 18 months or 19 months or so, and excited to see what God's going to do there. Uh, but New Testament, book of the Bible, going to the book of John, and uh, we're going to continue our series, Rooted. And, um, and once again, if you're new to Scripture, um, or if you've just all you've ever done is a digital Bible, and it's super easy to find your way around the Bible, right, because you just type in the book that you want, uh, the only problem is, is now with that new model, you don't know if it's an Old Testament or a New Testament, um, but there's, there's two sections of the Bible. There's the Old Testament, and there's the New Testament, and, uh, and we can explain that more later, but it's, uh, we're going, there's going to be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, okay? And so that's where we're going uh, today, John chapter 2. Uh, but before we do that, we, uh, as you heard Michelle talking, uh, who oversees our small groups here at Canvas Church, we started what's called the Rooted Experience, and uh, it's not just a series on Sunday morning. Uh, it's a small group that we've, uh, that many of us have been a part of. Matter of fact, I'd probably say 70% of the church right now is involved uh, in a Rooted small group, which is awesome, and uh, they're meeting all over uh, on different nights of the week. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Cody and Michelle, who oversee our small groups, uh, host an online one on Thursday, and they had a powerful time there. I just think it's super cool. Uh, like I shared earlier, people are watching online and uh, getting saved, getting water baptized. Again, not always on a Sunday, because there's people that can come on a Sunday, and so we've been opening this up, baptizing people during the week as well. Uh, but then in addition to that, we've made every opportunity for people to, um, to step into a small group, including the online one. And so um, there's something for, for everyone. But this Rooted Experience, here's what it's all about in a nutshell. Um, it is us going back to the basic rhythms of discipleship and what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It's that simple. That's what we're doing. Um, you know, because life in and of itself has a way of kind of taking us out of rhythm. Uh, would anybody agree with that? Uh, you have, you know, there's some, we see there's some new parents here. Um, they have a baby and that baby has changed their rhythm of life right? It just happens um, and in every area, like when you eat, when you sleep, you don't have control over it. They wake up at three in the morning, you're awake at three in the morning, right? 
And uh, life has a way of doing that to us spiritually, just taking us out of rhythm. We start out, you know, being followers of Jesus Christ, and we're devoted, and we're dedicated, and man, we want to we wanna get up and read the scripture in the morning. Come on, are you with me? We want to spend time with Jesus in a conversation called prayer, and, and uh, we want to serve others, and we want to, but all of a sudden, life starts happening, and we find ourselves getting out of rhythm. Uh, well, that has happened in excess over the last two years. Um, there have been so many things thrown at us uh, as you know, humanity that it could just take us out of rhythm. It's almost like the wind got knocked out of you. Have you ever had the wind knocked out of you before? And you're just trying to, to get your breath back. Well, we thought, man, let's just do that as a church together. And so we're going through this experience together, getting back to those basic rhythms of discipleship or, or, or simply put what it means to be a follower uh, of Jesus Christ. And today, I want to share with you a message in line with that. Uh, my wife and I were away this last week. Week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at a pastor's uh, retreat. Um, it wasn't a conference. It truly was a retreat. And I know some people don't like that word because we want to advance, not retreat, but whatever. That's what it was. And, uh, and so we were there. We were about with 60 other pastors and their wives. And uh, man, it was just such a refreshing time. And it was in that moment, this prophetic moment where God just began to speak to me and download me this message from one of my favorite passages in John chapter 2. And uh, so I want to share that with you today, uh, and here's what I would ask, um, man, no matter where you're at in your season of life, no matter what's going on, no matter where your mind is right now, I just want you to kind of lean in, press in, open up your heart, open up your spirit, and receive what I believe God wants to communicate to you today. Can you do that with me today? Uh, John chapter 2, so whether you're in your digital version or your paper version, I brought both up here. Um, we're going to go to John chapter 2. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, uh, no, I'm not, the New Living Translation today. New Living Translation. And uh, in John chapter 2, it starts in verse 1. Let me just give you kind of the backdrop and the context before we get into it. Uh, the chapter before, if you read it, Jesus has literally just called his disciples to himself. And so we don't know how long, you know, between chapter 1 and chapter 2, um, but we know it's fairly quick. Uh, Jesus calls some people to be his followers. They're now uh, under his teaching and they're following him. It's, it's pretty soon into that where we pick this up in John chapter 2, verse 1. And it reads this. It says, the next day there's a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. I just did a wedding on uh, Friday night, and uh, it was kind of cool just because of the context in which he's speaking to me out of this passage, um, but just a beautiful wedding for uh, someone in our church. It was, it was fun to be there. But I want you to listen to what it says in verse 3. It says, the wine supply ran out during the festivities. Okay, I want you to catch that. What's happening? Okay, in, in this time, weddings were not a one-day thing. Weddings were not, most weddings now, you show up, it's going to be five, six hours you need to carve out of your life, and, and you're there, and you're celebrating the union of this man and this woman together. Um, it's a beautiful thing, and there's, you know, there's the party, there's the food, there's the celebration. The context here is not a six-hour festival. It's not a six-hour celebration, not even one day. Um, it, it was quite possible that in this time that these festivals, festivals, these festivities would last uh, a whole seven days, all right? And so even if they had the work, they would go to work, they'd come back, and they would continue to celebrate, because that's the context. And so, and so it's not like, I don't want you to read it thinking, man, those guys chugged a lot of wine, right? Like, they ran out of wine in six hours? Man, what a bunch of lushes. No, um, that's not what's taking place. This is, literally, this is literally days, but I want you to notice what it says here. 
it says that the, the wine ran out before the festivities were, were finished. So in the middle of the celebration, let's just say they were planning on going seven days, somewhere in there, maybe it was the third day, maybe it was the fourth day, maybe it was the fifth day, we don't know, but before the planned celebration was concluded, it says that the wine ran out. Are you with me? So Jesus' mother told him, told Jesus, they have no more wine. And Jesus replied, dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. What, what did Jesus mean by his time had not yet come? Uh, th th there's several things that I just want you to catch here. One is this, is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey, look, it's, it's not time for me to step into this part of my ministry. It's not time for me to do uh, something miraculous. It's not time for me because once I start doing this, so up until this point, really the disciples were looking at Jesus as, hey, let's follow this guy. He's a good teacher, which was not uncommon back in the day. Back then, you would, you would, you would have uh, you know, someone that you look up to and that you trusted and that you would follow, and they would teach you, and those were good teachings, and I will follow that. And so they're looking at Jesus as he's just a good teacher, but uh, when Jesus now begins to unfold his ministry and miracles begin to happen, they begin to say, wait a second, there's something more about this guy. Maybe he's not just a good teacher. What Jesus is saying, hey, it's, it's not time for that yet. Are you with me? It's not time for that. And, uh, and so that's what's taking place here. The other thing is, is Jesus' ministry was one of preparation for what would come after. Jesus' ministry was one of preparation for the Holy Spirit to come and fill all believers. Okay, that's why when Jesus goes to the cross, um, he, he breathes his final breath, and he says, it is finished, and the Bible says, and his spirit left him. Where did that spirit go? The Holy Spirit then, man, comes and fills all believers. Are you with me? And so he's saying, hey, the time for that isn't come yet, okay? All right, here we go. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. So Jesus' mother just kind of ignores that, and, and he says, no, we're, we're going to set something into motion. We'll, we'll go back to that later. Standing nearby, there were six stone water jars used of, of Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water, and, and when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of the ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. They did what they were asked of Jesus. Okay, verse nine. When the master of the ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. He says this, a host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone had, has had a lot to drink, he brings the less expensive wine. Listen to this now. But you have kept the best until now. You have saved the best for last. What, what is this prophetic picture of? What is, what, is, what is being spoken? You listen to it now. And the disciples believed in him. In that one moment, they went from following a, oh, he's a teacher, and we're just following like other people, to wait a second, there's something more significant here. And they began to believe in him. Rewind just real quickly. The wine ran out before the finished product. Are you with me? 
The wine went out before the wedding was finished being celebrated. The wine ran out. The wine ran out. The Holy Spirit still wants to move no matter how you feel today. It might feel like something's ran out in your life. It might feel like, man, is the party over? But I want to talk to you for the next few moments about the party ain't over. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, I pray that in the next few moments that, God, you would take John chapter 2 and you would cause it to come alive in our church today, in us today. God, no matter what we've walked through, Lord God, in the last months, weeks, days, years, God, no matter what's been happening in our, in our, in our world at large, God, we believe that the best is yet to come. God, we believe that you've saved the best for last. God, we believe today as a church that there is going to be a great outpouring of your spirit and that you're not finished yet. So Lord, I pray you'd help me now in this moment. God, preach in such a way that opens the door for people to discover your son Jesus, know your incredible love, and realize the amazing plan that you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I asked this earlier. I'm going to ask it again. Um, have you ever had the wind knocked out of you before? Like someone punched you, you ran into something, only a couple of you. If you've never had it, it is like one of the worst sensations in the world, right? Uh, I, I've had the wind knocked out of me several times, primarily because I grew up with three older brothers and they like to beat on me. Praise Jesus. But I've had the wind knocked out of me several times. I remember the very first time, though, I was probably like six, seven years old, uh, and we were living in, uh, on, this, on this thing called Woodby Island in the, in the uh, great state of Washington. And uh, out front, I believe it was a maple tree. Either way, it was a tree. And, uh, and it would drop these leaves in the fall. And, uh, and so we, you know, me and my, a couple of my older brothers had this great idea that, hey, we should get all the leaves together and pile them up and jump out of the tree into the leaves. Anybody ever done that before? It's a great concept until you do it. And, uh, and so we raked up as many leaves as possible, and man, we piled them up. Man, we, we found every leaf. And uh, because I was the youngest, I was the smallest at the time. I know that's hard to imagine as I'm now 6'6 and totally ripped, but there was a time, why are you laughing? Uh, there was a time when, when I, was, I was little, and so I was the youngest, so I was the littlest, and so they were like, they had this great idea, hey, Ben, since you're the littlest, you should try it first. And so I, I don't know if my mom even remembers this, but I remember climbing up in that tree, and, uh, and they did the countdown. And now, here's the deal. When you're little, I don't know, it might have been five feet, it might have been 50 feet, I don't know. Uh, but when you're little, it just seems like that's a long ways away. You know, like when you're standing on the ground looking up, it doesn't look that bad. When you get up there, you're like, oh man, three feet looks really high, Right? So I remember being up there and really nervous, you know, and there's this pile of leaves, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I don't want to jump feet first, right, because I don't want to break an ankle, and so I'm, and I don't want to jump face. So I, I remember uh, they counted down, and I jumped, and I tried to land, you know, like kind of on my back in these nice soft leaves. But how many know that maple leaves, it don't matter how many you pile up, they ain't all that soft, Right? And, man, I remember, man, we were having such a blast piling up those leaves, thinking about what this is going to be like, and we're going to jump all day into these leaves, and I was the first to go, and three, two, one, and I leapt, and I landed, and I was like, <coughs> right? Because that's the sound you make when you don't have any breath in you, I guess. And I remember feeling like, I'm going to go meet Jesus. Come on, somebody. Like, I am dying right now. Like, this is, like, what is happening to my body? And I just remember there, I was just like, oh. 
you can't even cry. Like, there's nothing in you, right? And all of a sudden, like, the breath came back in, and I started crying. I was like, you jerks, I hate you, you know? And they all laughed, and then they didn't jump, you know what I mean? But I remember that sensation of having the wind knocked out of me, like, oh, my gosh, this is like the worst thing ever. Even though it was momentary, it felt like a lifetime. And then finally, you get your breath back, and you realize you're going to live, right? Um, I don't know about you, but... I think for some of us, and, and maybe all of us, and not just us in this room, but, 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 but I feel like maybe the last 18 months has had a way of knocking the wind out of us. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it even wasn't like what was happening around the world. Maybe it was something happening in your very own life. Maybe it was a relational thing. Maybe it's a, uh, man, you just can't wrap your mind around uh, your job or your finances. Or maybe it's something happening in a marriage, but there's those moments in life, and listen to me, if it hadn't happened, happened to you yet, it will happen at some point. There's those moments in life in your spiritual walk, in your spiritual journey, as you're pursuing God. Man, it's a lot of fun when things are going great, isn't it? Man, God is good all the time until that time. Come on, somebody. Right? You ever heard that saying before? Someone says, God is good. They're playing all the time. They're like, all the time, God is good. And then something happens. You're like, he ain't all that good. Or is that just me as a pastor that feels that way sometimes? Like, and you're just kind of like, what is this? There's moments, man, where it's just like the wind's been knocked out of you, and you feel like, man, death is all around you, right? And, and I feel like many of us have been there over the last couple of months. Again, maybe it is the big picture pandemic. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's job-related. Maybe it's just in your spiritual walk, and you feel like, man, God, where are you? Anybody ever felt that way before? God, where are you? It, it feels like, man, the wind has been knocked out of you. It feels like, man, the wine has ran out before the celebration is, is complete, but I want you to know something. Just because that which was is no longer doesn't mean God is done in your life. Just because the, the joy seems to be ripped out in this moment, just because it seems like, God, where are you? Just because it seems like, may, like maybe here, maybe life felt like a grand party and then boom, something happened and you're like, man, wait a second. I thought we had some more time. I want you to know something. You do have more time. Man, the oil isn't gone. The wine isn't God. God wants to pour his spirit fresh and new in you and in our church and in the church again. I believe that with all my heart. The party isn't over. The party isn't over. Here, man, they're like, man, the, the, the party's kind of over. But yet, wait, wait, it was supposed to go on for a couple more days. What's going on here? I want to look at this together and, and kind, of, kind of break it down and, and talk about this because I really do believe that just because what was is gone, the thing that you thought was, man, this was great. My life was great. And now it is no longer. You're looking at it like, man, are we ever going to get back to that? And God would say, no, we're not going to get back to that. We're going to get back to better. Right, he saved the best for last. Did you hear what, hear what the Bible said? That man, usually you bring out the good wine first and after they're well drunk, then you bring out the stuff that's subpar. But look at what God does. God just flips that and says, man, you think what you had was good? And I got something better for you. I got something better for you. I believe that with all my heart. People, people ask me all the time, you know, those that have been attending Canvas Church for, for some years now ask me all the time, like, Ben, are you, like, man, are you praying that we'll get back to two services and that more people will come? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not praying for two services. I'm praying for four. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and I, look, I literally, I look at them, they'll be like, no, I'm not. And they're like, oh, are you doing okay? I'm like, I'm doing great. Most days. Oh, well, why, why aren't you praying for two? I said, I'm praying for four. 
Because if I really believe that God saves the best for last and that there's a great outpouring in the last days, then, man, this room isn't big enough to hold just one service, two services, three services. Are you with me? I mean, yesterday, this, this last week, we had two memorial services here in our church. Um, not for people that uh, attended our church, but um, uh, connections that we had. Uh, one of them was on, I think, Wednesday, and, and we were out of town. But, um, and so we hosted this memorial here, and people celebrated a, a great life uh, of a man who went on to be with the Lord. And then yesterday, um, though this place was packed with hundreds of people, um, and, uh, and, and, and hundreds of people, many of them used to call this church their home church. And they were celebrating the life of somebody that had been here for uh, decades, decades. And, um, you know, we've only been here for a couple years. And, uh, and they were here. And uh, someone walked up to me this morning that, that attends and has been attending for 50 years here and said, man, it was so great to celebrate that life. And, you know, everybody that used to attend here is walking around looking and saying, man, the place looks amazing. The place looks amazing. Listen, we're not making it look amazing for amazing sake. We're getting ready. We're getting ready for the fact that he saved the best for last, that there's a great harvest and that there's many people going to be saved. Do you believe that this morning? I believe God wants to fill his church once again. He wants to fill you. He wants to fill his people. Um, And this verse to me um, really speaks of this. How how do we get to this place? Because notice what it says. It says they ran out before the festivities were concluded. They ran out too soon. How do we get to this place where we don't run out? I don't know about you, but I don't want to run out in any area of my life. I don't want to run out of the presence of God in, in, my, in my spiritual walk. I don't know about you. I don't want to run out of anything in my marriage. I want to keep my marriage alive and healthy, right? I don't want to run out of anything as I'm pastoring my kids. I don't want to run out. I want to make sure. And here it is, and they're, they're celebrating, but they ran out before the festivities were over. I want to read you another verse. I, I'm not sure if it's on the screen or not, but Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 4. And uh, this, is, this is Jesus uh, telling a story and teaching the church, his followers, his disciples, to be ready. And he's talking about the day when, when, when the return would happen, when, when, when the Son of God would come and return. And it says this, it says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along some extra oil. Everybody say extra. That wasn't everybody. Everybody say extra. Some extra oil. The story would go on to, to, to show us that those that didn't bring enough, that their lamps went out and, and they didn't have any. And so they went to the five wise ones that had their lamps burning and said, hey, uh, lend us some oil. And they were like, uh-uh, man, we, we brought enough and some extra for us um, because we didn't want to run out. Go and buy some. And the Bible says they went to get some, but in that time, uh, the groom returned and took the five wise ones. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. I love the fact that those wise ones took enough and some extra for themselves, but I don't know about you. I don't want just enough for me to get through. I want enough for somebody else and to be able to give it away. I want to get to the place where it's not just me being full and I'm ready, but man, I want to get to the place where I'm, I'm able when the others come, say, hey, could you give us some? I'm not looking at it saying, well, I don't have enough for you. I just got enough for me. I want to look at it and say, man, I got plenty to give away. I got plenty for you. I got plenty for you. I got plenty for you. Is anybody else with me this morning? 
And I believe that's when we see, come on, the presence of God moving and the revival start happening when we're no longer just thinking about ourselves. Hey, we need to get there. Man, we need to be in that place. Man, spiritually, I'm there. Man, the presence of God is filling me up. But I want to be super wise. I want to have extra, extra, extra so that we can reach people for the kingdom of God. Are you with me this morning? So here we are, and I believe this is prophetic of our church and the season that we're in. I believe it's prophetic of our culture, really. How do we get to this place where we don't run out of wine, we don't run out of oil, when God wants the party to continue? Are you with me today? Let me just share with you a few ideas from John chapter 2. Honestly, one of my favorite stories, because I think it's pretty cool that water was turned to wine. But Number one, staying full and not running out. I, I see this in this passage. How did this happen you got to call upon Jesus. You got to call upon Jesus. Call upon Jesus. Look, 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 at what, look at what the mother of Jesus does. The mother of Jesus discovers that, hey, the wine ran out, but the party ain't over. And so what does she do? She goes to Jesus. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, no, I'm not ready for that. Uh, it's not my time. But yet it was by her request that activated Jesus to move in a time that wasn't even appointed for him. Are you following that? And I think there's something so significant about the first miracle that Jesus does. Not only, not only significant in what it's about, that we don't run out of wine. Well, he's not, listen, he, he could care less if he run out of natural wine. He's not talking about that. He doesn't want, want you to run out of his presence. He doesn't want you to run out of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He wants you to continually be filled with the Spirit of God. I think this first miracle speaks to that prophetically. But in this passage, we see that Jesus is like, no, not, not ready. But yet it was the request of, of this woman, his mother, that activated him and sent him in to motion. Are you with me right now? We, we, we've got to do this. We've got to call upon him. What is that? That's prayer. Simple request, simple prayer. See, I, I was taught this a long time ago, and I believe it to be true, that God does nothing on earth except through invitation. Why is that? That is because way back in the book of Genesis, he set us in motion and said, hey, I want you to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the whole earth. I'm, I'm commissioning you, humanity, to do that. And so he, he gave us this responsibility to, to govern the earth and to be fruitful, to multiply, and to, to watch over it. And here's what we need to do as humanity. We need to recognize the one that has ultimate authority, and we need to invite him into every circumstance and every situation. And all of a sudden, man, Jesus is sent into, into motion. We've got to get to this place where we call upon him at all times. Listen to this verse. This is Jesus himself teaching about the power of prayer in Luke chapter 11, verse 8. This is Jesus again teaching about the power of prayer. He says this, but I tell you this, though he, let me just give you some background. The story goes like this on the teaching of prayer. Suppose a man comes to you uh, because he has a friend that came to visit you. Anybody ever have any friends just show up at your doorstep? No, we don't live in that world anymore, do we? Anytime the doorbell rings, what do we do? We dive behind the couch. Come on, somebody. Right? It used to be like your door was unlocked and someone rings the doorbell and everybody runs to the door to see who it is. Hey, welcome, neighbor. Now the doorbell rings. We shut off all the lights and we dive behind the couch. Come on, somebody. Like, who is it? I don't know. Go, go look. I don't want anybody coming in here. Suppose someone comes to you and knocks on your door at night and says, I have a friend, I don't have any food, can you loan me some food? And, and the, the reply is, no, go away, we're all in bed for the night, okay? And so the guy keeps asking, check this out, Luke 11, verse 8. But I tell you this, though he won't, 
come and give you the food and do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because, listen to this now, because of your shameless persistence. Context. Jesus teaching his followers how to pursue him in asking him for something. Let me just tell you something right now. There is no parent ever that said that to their child. Right? There is no parent ever that said that, you know, the kid that came and asked for ice cream, no, I'm not going to give it to you, but let me just give you a little secret. If you keep pestering me forever, I'll get you the ice cream. No one's, no, no, no parent ever. Okay? But yet this is Jesus talking about the power and the principle of prayer. Not going to do it for friendship's sake, but here's what. You keep knocking long enough, you keep seeking long enough, you keep pestering because of your shameless persistence, guess what? You're going to get the ice cream. You're going to get the answer. Listen to me. We need to be like that. We need to get to this place of persistence, this place where we just don't take no for an answer the first time. You say, Ben, that just doesn't sound right. we got to pester God. I'm not the one telling you that. He is. Are you with me? This is Bible. This is him saying, yeah, just keep coming. Just keep knocking. Just keep seeking. Just keep asking. You didn't get it the first time. It's okay. Come, pester me some more. Come talk to me some more. Why? Because he loves spending time with you. This is his teaching on prayer. And I believe this. We want to stay full and not run out. We need to get to this place of shameless persistence. We got to get to this place of, of continued, continued prayer. You heard Michelle talk about this coming Saturday night. We got pursuit night. What is pursuit night? It's where we come together and we pester God. Like, really? That's it. So if you've, if you've got something on your heart and you want to come and, and practice some shameless persistence, this is your night. We're going to come together. We're going to seek God together. We're going to pray together. We're going to ask together. We're going to pray for people uh, in need. And it's going to be awesome. Saturday night. You, you want to, man, it's just the perfect time. And I'm stoked to be shameless. Come on, somebody. We don't want to run out. We want to stay full. This is what I see in the passage. Number two, obey when he speaks. Obey when he speaks. Did you catch that when it said, and they followed his instructions? They did what he said to do. They obeyed when he spoke. Can I just say this, that there, there is so much power in, in, in the life of a believer when it comes to simple obedience. Simple obedience. Just, just do what he said to do. Pastor, I don't know what he's saying to do. Me neither until I open up this. It's called the Bible. That's it. Just just, just there, like, like simple, simple obedience. Listen to Exodus 19.5. It says, now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession, although the whole earth is still, still mine. What is it saying here? It's saying, man, there's something. Man, how, how do we know? The Bible even talks about how do we know that, that we're, we're believers, we're followers of him when we obey and do what he's telling us to do. This is it right here. You know, here's what I've noticed in, in our world today. There are so many people out there that are chasing a move of God. They're chasing the next thing. They're chasing this movement. They're chasing, man, I just want the presence of God. And, and I, 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 just, I just, you know, I want the move of God in my life. Let me tell you, the greatest way to experience a move of God still today is by cracking open this thing called the Bible and reading it and obeying it and doing it. That's it. 
You, you want to see him. See, there's so many people like, I just want a move of God. I'm like, what does that look like to you? You want a move of God. Here's, here's where it starts, through simple obedience. Not chasing something through, hey, are you, are you simply obeying what the word says? Like, are you forgiving one another? Are you walking in forgiveness? Are, 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 you, are, you, are you practicing the verse that says, hey, everything that's within your power, live at peace with somebody else? That's a move of God. Are you practicing the simple scriptures that say, hey, don't forsake the gathering of the saints together? And we're, we're giving every opportunity, whether it be online, whether it be live, whether it be a small one, are, are you practicing that? That's simple obedience. Are you practicing the word of God like Michelle talked about? You know, where, it's, where it talks about living generously. Are, are we just walking in? Is somebody getting something out of this today? Just simple obedience. Man, you don't need to chase something. Listen to me. I love worship moments, and our worship team loves, loves worship moments. We love creating those experiences, and man, there's something so powerful that happens there. Uh, but I think that sometimes, man, we negate the fact that the most powerful move of God happens when we just open this and read it and obey it and do it. And that why it talks about don't just be a hearer of the word only, but be a doer of the word. And I think there's something so powerful about when these, these, these servants did exactly what they were told to do. Hey, see those six water pots over there? Go, grab them, fill them. And they did it. And they filled them. And they walked in obedience. And what was the outcome of that? Man, it was a, a great, great wine tasting. Come on, somebody. Start with simple obedience. Start just by opening the word of God and reading it. You want to stay filled and not run out. Number three, right here, keep making room for him. Keep making room for him. Keep making room for him. Here in, here in this text, it, he looks over and he says six water pots. I think there's some prophetic significance to that, but most importantly, it's the fact that there was just six of them there. He says, I want you to fill those six. Why? Because there was six of them. And they filled it up. And all six of those were full of wine. If there would have been seven, he probably would have said, hey, see those seven pots over there? Grab those and fill those. If there would have been eight of them, he probably said, grab those and, and, and fill those. And every single one of them was filled with wine because that's the room that was available to them. Reminds me of an Old, Old Testament passage. I want to read it to you, 2 Kings 4, 1 through 6. It says this, one day the, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead and and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take away my, my two sons as slaves. Verse two. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me what I need, need to do. What do you have in this house? Nothing at all except, now listen to it, for this little flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons. Shut the door behind you. Pour the olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after the other from this little tiny flask. So every container was full to the brim. And he said, bring me another jar, she said, no, uh, to, her, no, to her sons. And it says this, there aren't any more, he told her. 
and then the olive oil stopped flowing. As long as there was empty vessels, there was a continual pouring. As long as there was room for the oil, the move of the presence, the spirit of God, listen to me, as long as there is room in your life for God to move, man, she talked about it earlier, guess what? There is going to continue to be a pouring into your spirit. As long as there's room in this building, I'm telling you right now, I believe God's gonna continue to fill every seat. Man, we'll open up to a second service, he's gonna fill every seat, we'll open up to a third service, he's gonna fill every seat, we're gonna open up to a fourth service, he's gonna fill every seat. As long as we continue to make room, God is going to continue to fill the space. I believe that with all my heart. And it starts with you. It starts with you opening up and saying, God, I'm going to make room in my life. I'm going to make room in this open vessel, in this jar, for you to come and pour out your spirit and fill me up. That's why we're going through this rooted stuff. That's why we're doing this experience is so that we can find out, hey, where's the lid? Where's the cap? Where's the, where's the thing that's, uh, that, that's hindering me from experiencing the full freedom of Christ in my life? I want that removed out so that he can continue to pour into me. And as long as we continue to make room for him... I believe he's going to continue to pour himself out upon us. Are you with me? And I think one of the greatest things we can discover here is this, is that God wants to fill every vessel. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to this place of salvation, this place of repentance. What does that tell me? It tells me this, as long as I continue to focus on what he wants rather than myself and what I want, man, we're going to see vessels come in for him to continue to fill one after the other, after the other, after the other. But we've got to continue to make, make room for him. He wants to keep feeling, stay focused on the mission. Lastly, I'll close here. Worship team, you can come on up. Lastly, know this. Know he will give you better than what you had. He will give you better than what you had. Do you see that there? Man, he says this. He says, man, most people bring the best first. And then the subpar later. But that didn't happen here. Why is that? Because uh, this is God doing something. And, and what you had before is going to pale in comparison to what he's going to bring you next. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that, that, that's, why I, that's why when people come and ask me about the church and things, I'm like, no, man. Because, because he, what he's going to do now is going to be way better. What he's doing now is going to be way better. And I believe that for you. I believe that God, I mean, I think we could all probably, like, probably sit here and share some, some war stories, right? Like, like some pain, some hurts, some of it, some of it, maybe some church hurt. You ever been hurt by church before? It's not the church, it's the people in the church. I've, I've been hurt by church folk before. I've probably been a, a part of hurting people unintentionally, but still hurting them. Uh, man, church hurt hurts. I think we could all share some stories. But I know this, just because what was is no longer doesn't mean God's done. I believe it means he's getting us ready for something better. Something better. Say, Pastor, that makes for a great TED Talk. That makes for a great idea. That makes for great sound bites. But why do you believe that? I believe that because in Scripture I see it time and time and time and time and time again. This was lost, but what was recovered was even better. 
right? Then the Bible talk about what the enemy has taken. He's going to have to repay seven times over. Maybe you went through this last, you know, 18 months and you lost a business. And you can't shake this idea that, wait, God's still calling me to do, do a business and be a bit good. Guess what? God's getting you ready. It's going to be better. It's going to be better. Maybe it's a ministry. Maybe, maybe you learn some things, you know, through the hurt, through the pain, right? Because, man, there's no, there's no point in just looking back at the pain and the hurt. Listen, the one thing, one thing I've discovered is we can learn from the past, but we can never lean on the past. We can learn from the past. We learn, we evaluate, man, yeah, okay, that happened, that really hurt, but, but, but how can I recover and move on? We can learn from it, but too many of us, you know what, we're not learning from it, we're still leaning on it. We've set up this, 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 this monumentous memorial to this pain that we had. You know what I believe the Holy Spirit wants? The Holy Spirit wants to come and just, just crush that thing and just say, no, man, there's, there's another memorial. And it's the greatest memorial of all time. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. And you need to start looking there because for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Listen to me, there's joy on the other side of your hurt. There's joy on the other side of your pain. There's something there. Here's the problem. Too many of us keep looking back. I'll point the finger right here. Too many of us keep looking back at what was. Oh, the wine's gone. Man, it sure was tasty wine, wasn't it? So great. Little cab. I don't know, Pinot Noir. I can't say the rest. I, don't, I can't pronounce the rest of them. Like, Sauvignon, whatever, I don't know. We think back, man, that was really good. But it's gone. I mean, this isn't where we intended it to end. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't scripted out this way. Wasn't the way we had it planned out. But the wine's gone, so I guess, well, pack it up. And the voice of the Heavenly Father is in heaven saying, no, the party isn't over. The party's not over. Why are you packing it up? Why don't you just call to me and get me in the mix? Why don't you just call to me and I'll come and I'll answer it? Why, 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 why don't you just call to me? Why, do, why, don't you, why don't you do this? Why don't you take that next step of simple obedience and forgive somebody and let go of the pain from the past? Why, why, why don't we start there? Listen, can I tell you something? Nothing ever good came from continually looking back. Nothing good came from it. We learn from it, but we can't, we can't lean on it. I mean, there's stories in the, in the Bible about people that looked back. There's one predominant one in the book of Genesis where uh, Lot's wife, you might not know this, it's a crazy story. They were instructed to get out of this place and to leave it. And as they're leaving, God even said, don't even look back. Don't go back there. It's a crazy story. I don't know. She looks back and the Bible says she turns into a pillar of salt. I don't know what that's all about. When I figure it out, I'll let you know. What about the children of Israel in the Old Testament when they were leaving Egypt in bondage and slavery, being beaten to build things for Pharaoh and all the other Egyptians? And they finally get out of that slavery and they get out of that bondage, they get out of that context. And they're not happy with the, what God's providing them with. And they're like, man, we should have just stayed back there. They looked back. It would have been better for us to be beaten 
would have been better for us to be in slave, slavery than to be out here following the will of God. What? Listen to me, nothing good ever happens when you look back. He's got something fresh. He's got something new. He's got fresh wine. He's got new wine, and it's far better than what, what, what we had before. I, I don't know about you, but I've, I've determined in my heart, man, I'm, I'm, I'm done looking back. I'm not looking back. See, the problem is, is so many of us are hung up on what we lost, that we're missing what he's trying to give us. We're so hung up on what we lost that we're missing what he's trying to give us. But I believe the party's not over. Do you believe that this morning? I believe it. Go ahead and stand to your feet as we close out today. I, I, man, I just want, I want you to get this, man. I believe that God's day. I want, I want you to come out Saturday night. I want you to come out Saturday night. I want you to pray with us. I want you to worship with us. It's going to be a powerful time. It's going to be a great moment seeing God move. I believe that with all my heart. I, I don't know about you, but I believe the best is yet to come. I believe God's preparing us as a church, as a community, man, to lay hold of that for which he's laid hold of us. And here we are, man, we're moving on. The best is yet to come. The party's not over, man. There's more of his presence, more of his presence, more of his presence, more of his presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. So do me a favor, just close your eyes as we pray. God, we thank you so much for today. God, we thank you that this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice. That was some horrible rejoicing. We will rejoice. Still not quite there. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you for every single person that's in this place. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our community. I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. I thank you for what you're doing, God, that Lord, I truly believe and I prophetically declare it over every person in here, over our church right now, that God, that the, the, the party's not over. God, it might look like it right now. It might look like the wines ran out. But God, we're going to walk in obedience. We're going to call upon you. And God, we're going we're to keep the empty vessels coming in. And God, the wine, the oil, God, your presence is going to continue to flow. God, I believe with all my heart. So God, we just look to you right now. And God, we say, let your kingdom come. God, let your will be done. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Hallelujah. Arnell, can you come here for a moment? Come right up. I don't want. I don't want to point you, put you on the spot, but man, I just feel like, man, God has brought you not only to the kingdom for such a time as this. Can I have a pastor come? Pastor Miguel, come on over. He hasn't only brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. He's brought you to Canvas Church for such a time as this. And I just believe with all my heart that all of that, all of that stuff from the past that you're going to learn from it, but you're not going to lean on it. That there's going to be moments in your life that, that you're going to want to like, like lean back in there, like almost like a crutch. Like, well, I am here because of that. It, your testimony is what it is because of that. But listen to me. What God has for you, man, surpasses anything that you've seen, anything that you heard, anything that you felt. And, and the very first time I met you, I remember I had a word for you right over there in the cafe. And I really believe that God is calling you into a ministry, into a ministry of laying hold of vessels that are empty, that are broken, that we're walking through the same stuff that you walked through, that have spent time in the same places you've spent time in, that are messed up. Not, 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 just, not just kids. You're going to be used to rescue some of those kids out of that lifestyle. But I believe God is going to use you to get hold of, of grown men and grown women and say, man, there's a better life for you. God's got something bigger for you. God's got something. I believe, listen to me, I believe with all my heart. 
I believe it's here. I believe it's in Escondido. I believe it's in North County. I believe that God is going to begin to open up your eyes and begin to see with new spiritual eyes what he's doing and, and, and the people that you're going to do me a favor. Just open up your hands. I'm going to pray for you right now. Lord, I thank you for our nail. God, I thank you that you called him for such a time as this. I thank you that you rescued him, God, from a life of pain, a life that was heading nowhere. And God, you put such compassion in his heart, such compassion in his life. And Lord, you're going to use that, Lord God, to rescue many others. Lord God, from the same destructive lifestyle that he was walking into. And God, you're going to use it. God, I believe that even right now, Lord God, there's a fresh outpouring of your spirit upon our nail. God, I believe there's a fresh wine, a fresh oil, a fresh presence being poured out upon his life right now. And that God, that fresh presence, that fresh wind, Lord God, it's almost at times it feels like the winds got knocked out of you. And it's almost like times you've been there. You know what it feels like to have that wind, that spiritual wind knocked out of you. And it's almost like there's times even now where the enemy would try to come in and, and again, and all of a sudden it starts to go that direction and you step. You said, no, I'm not going there. Um, that wind's not being knocked out. You're going to take a deep breath and you're going to watch and see God use your life in an incredible and mighty way. So God, we just pray, Lord God, that our nail be used by you, Lord God, in that incredible way, in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, come on. Do you believe that? I believe that for him. Um, as I was praying, and I felt like there was a few people um, that this was for. I was just having, man, I was having an incredible prayer. How many guys just give me a few more minutes? How many guys give me one more minute? One more minute. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Still fall for it every time. And as I was, I was just having this incredible prayer time in my, in my office, um, before, um, before anybody even got on the campus. And um, man, I felt like God just gave me this prophetic picture. And, uh, and it's in John chapter 12. And um, Jesus, just a chapter or so earlier, has raised Lazarus from the dead. Y'all know that story? Anybody not know that story? They lived it. So this guy named Lazarus dies, and it's a guy that Jesus loves. And uh, Mary and Martha related to Lazarus. They call for Jesus, and Jesus shows up like four days later, and, and they have this conversation like, where were you? If you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And, um, and Jesus is like, no, I am the resurrection and the life. And then he goes to the tomb and calls for Lazarus. And after four days of being dead, Lazarus comes out of the tomb. It's an awesome story. Might even be a message coming up. Who knows? But um, I feel like there's some of you that, that felt like, man, some dreams have died in, in your life and some, some passions, some pursuits. And, and uh, Jesus showed up and he spoke life back into that. And like, you're like, whew, I'm going, I'm going again. I'm alive. Lazarus was alive. Like he's alive. He's well, he's moving. Like he's breathing. He's walking. Everyone's like, oh my gosh. Like he was dead and now he's not. Are you, are you, are you, are you feeling the story there? And some of you, I believe like, like you were there, maybe during the pandemic, maybe those you were there, but yet God got a hold of you and breathed life. And it's like, I'm alive. But there's a second part to the story. John chapter 12, verse 9. Now a great many of the Jews knew that Jesus was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. 
the testimony that's there, the thing that God did, looked like the party was over. Man, you were packing it up. You were packing it in. Hey, man, it's over. This ain't going to happen. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up, boom, breathes life back into it. And now, man, it's happening. And now people aren't just coming because of Jesus' sake. They're looking at the testimony of you, and they're like, oh, my gosh, what happened there? What happened to a guy that's blind, that, that, that was living a life of hurt, of pain, of, 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 man, just destruction and substance abuse, and, and yet in one moment, man, Jesus gets a hold of his life, and now he's free from that. And now it's not just, and now it's not just, oh, the word's really good, and I want to follow Jesus. They're coming because of the testimony that's on your life. Like it got raised again, and they're coming because of that. That's what the Bible's saying. I believe that's some of your testimony. Check this out. They're not only coming because of Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead, listeners now, but the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. There's some of you in here, and you're, you're struggling right now, because you're like, wait a second, I already went through the resurrection. Now he breathed life into this thing. What's this new resistance I'm feeling? The new resistance is the plot to take you out because many people are coming to Jesus because of the testimony that's on your life. And is Jeremiah here? No. Uh, well, Jeremiah, one of our staff members here, lay staff members here, oversees so many things at our church and oversees our big camp. This week, we got a, we got a text message uh, from, from um, uh, his wife saying, hey, you need to pray for him. He's on his way to the ER and some crazy circumstances. They don't even know what's going on, but yet, man, he felt like he was going to die. We got prayer team praying, man, he got out of there, and then some crazy stuff happened the next day medically. They were like, you need to check back in. The fight is on. But I'm going to share this with them later, but I want to share it with you, Margo, because I believe the two are one. Come up here. This is, uh, this is Margo, his, his wife. How, how many okay with this? You say, what's happening right now? Well, the Bible talks in 1 Corinthians 12 about the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, some of the, the gifts of the Spirit are prophetic, prophecy. It's words of knowledge, words of wisdom. And I don't know if this is a word of wisdom or prophetic or a word of, but this is what I sense when I read that. Is you two have just recently declared the direction that God has for your life. Through the whole pandemic, you wrestled through some stuff. And I don't know what month it was, what day it was, but man, God breathed life again. God just gave you fresh vision and fresh insight. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, this is, this is what we're supposed to do with our life. And you, I remember you, we sat there by the fire pit in my house about four weeks ago. You guys opened up and said, here's what we believe God's saying. And you openly declared what God is going to do and how he's going to use you. What's happening? It feels like there's an attack on. And I want you to know there is an attack on. Because the dream has been resurrected. The passion's been resurrected. The call's been resurrected. And like Lazarus, many people are coming to the faith because of you. Many people are seeing what God did in your life and they're like, wait, what's going on? And many people are, and many more people are coming and you're like, what's happening? What's this attack on Jeremiah? What's this attack on my job place? What's happening here? What's happening there? Here's what's happening. It's the plot. It's the plot to try to stop the work that God is doing in and through you. Stay right here. I'm going to pray for you. There, I, I don't know if my friend Justin Smith is in here. We brought in Justin Smith. He was in here a minute ago. He's not in here right now. 
Um, but also, um, I'm just going to put her on the spot, and she's going to hate me later. Um, but I want my daughter, Faith, to come up here. Sorry, kiddo. You've got to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Because I'm going to pray for you all at once. Janelle, can you come and stand with my daughter? Um, I saw three, three people specifically as I was praying in my, in my office, and it was Jeremiah, it was my friend Justin, and it was, and it was my daughter Faith. And it's one of those ones where the person with the mic starts to cry, he might start crying. But uh, God tried to take out sudden I feel everything's better. It's been a slow process, but there was this moment where death seems so real and even contemplated, even fought through. And But Jesus shows up. And for the last six months, man, it's felt like you've had fresh wind and fresh life. And like there's this vision and there's this purpose and man, great things have been happening and you know the direction God's taking you, where you're headed and what's going on. But within the last three weeks you've been, there's been this feeling again. It's been back and it's been like, what's going on? And I felt like God led me to John chapter 12 verse 9 and said, that's faith. I've resurrected the dream. I've spoken life into it and purpose and I've resurrected it. And man, I got something for it. But what she's feeling is she's feeling the plot. Man, there's something coming against her once again and it's what you even felt yesterday as you're on that court. It's what you felt yesterday, and it's spiritual. And God is saying that I am going to keep you, Margo, Jeremiah. I am going to keep you, Faith, Deborah. I'm going to keep you, and I'm going to surround you, and I'm going to shield you because the testimony that's in you, that's on you, will not be let down. It will not be let down. What I resurrected is resurrected. What I spoke life into has life. What I breathed upon has the breath of God in it, and it will not fall. It will not go to the side. It will come to fruition. It will come to pass, and your life will be a shining light for many to see. Your life will be like the salt of the earth. It'll be like a light set on a hill. And so what you're walking through right now, it's the last fight. Man, the first one he had the resurrect. This one he's saying, I need you to fight through. I need you to fight through because there's a test 
testimony. And many people are going to come, not just because of Jesus, but because of Lazarus, because you've been resurrected, because there's new purpose, because there's new life. Don't let it go. Don't shy away from it. Don't fold back. Step in right now and know that Christ is going before you and he is going to use you in a mighty and a powerful way. God, we believe that church. Let's just pray. There might be others in here right now that you might be feeling, man, I need that word. Man, receive that word right now. God, we just take hold. God, we lay hold of that right now. And Lord, I just pray right now for this church. I pray, Lord God, Lord, what looked like death as we were going through it. God, what looked like going from two services to one service. God, it felt like death at moments. But God, what you have spoken life into has life. And so God, we lay hold of the season that we're in right now. And we say, God, let many come because of the testimony of Canvas Church. Let many come because of the testimonies that exist in this place. God, we believe that the party's not over. God, we believe that the oil has not run out. God, we believe that the wine is not gone. God, we believe that you're going to pour out your spirit upon all flesh and upon all blood. And so, God, we as a church open up and we say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. I want you to stay here. I want to pray for you. Hey, church, thank you. You might be wondering again, what was that? Go, go 1 Corinthians 12, read it. Don't go anywhere, Faith. Don't go anywhere, Margo. I'm going to pray for you. Um, if you need prayer for anything, I'm going to be up here. I want to pray for you. You might be saying, man, I needed that word. Come let me know. That word is for me also. I want to pray for you. I have some of the other pastors come up, some of the leaders come up. Um, Justin's right there. Man, there he is. Justin, get up here on the stage. Wow. Sorry, if you need to go, feel free. I know the, 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 the teachers over there are probably like, where is everybody at? What's going on? We're just having a moment. Um, this is my friend Justin. Gosh, I've known him since 2004 or five. It's like 17 years. God connected our paths. Um, and then just, uh, just like a month ago, two months ago, reconnected us. And uh, he's written a great book called If Disney Ran Your Children's Ministry. And uh, man, it's helped so many just um, relaunch their children's ministry, refashion their children's ministry. And so my wife and I were talking about, you know, hey, post-pandemic, let's, let's really focus in on the children. What do we need to do? And the first name that came to, to mind was Justin Smith. And we need to call him. He was supposed to come out a little bit ago, didn't work out on our end. And so here he is this weekend, just kind of walking through the children's ministry, checking it out, and can help breathe some fresh air and some fresh life into it. How many guys excited for that? I'm excited for that. Um, and so we've just been sharing stories with one another um, over the last couple of days, reminiscing a little bit, some good, some bad, uh, mostly good. But um, as I was praying in my office, I don't know how much of that earlier you just caught, but as I was praying in my office, God gave me uh, three faces, yours, Jeremiah's, and my daughter's. And, um, and uh, it was, if you didn't hear, it was John chapter 12, verses 9 through 11. Um, Lazarus has been raised from the dead. Um, and now um, there's a plot to take Lazarus out because of the testimony. And you've gone through seasons that felt like death. Death of a dream. Death of a, death of a ministry. Matter of fact, sometimes it feels like you've gone through it through one too many times. And it's like, God, what, what's going on? And... Um, I believe you've already gone through the process where he's breathed life back into it, like he did with Lazarus. He's breathed life back into the ministry, back into the vision. That There's even been seasons where you've struggled with the creative. He's a super creative guy, but there's been seasons where you've struggled with the creative. 
and uh, you fought for it, but it's like, man, like what's going on? I don't have an, I don't have this creative bent anymore. But I, I believe that God is breathing life back into that. Those those struggles, those things, and there, there, there's even been a death of some connections that have taken place. And you're wondering what happened there, what happened here, what's going on with this? But I believe that that you went through the process, and it, like Lazarus, it almost seems like he showed up a little late. God, where were you? But he showed up. Lazarus has been resurrected. But I believe what's happening now is you're living in this, this chapter 12, verses 9 and 11. There's a plot still to take you out, to take out the ministry that God has established you for. Some would say, well, is he going to age out of it? Is he going to grow out of it? But you can't age out and grow out of a call. You can't age out and grow out of the anointing that is on your life. To not, to not just be in one place and do a, a ministry well, but to literally, literally he's called you to nations, to multitudes of churches. And the dream that you've had in your heart that you thought, well, maybe I'm just supposed to be localized. God says, no, 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 no. no. I, I put you locally where you're supposed to be for now, but get ready because there's been a plot to try to take you out because the enemy knows that if this thing gets out and it takes flight, that tens of thousands of children are going to be impacted by the ministry that is in you and that is on you. And so the battle you're in is no longer, God, would you resurrect the dream? The battle you're in now is the dream's resurrected. Man, the creativity's back. The thoughts are flowing. The ideas are there. But God, what's going on? What's going on is there's a plot like there was to take out Lazarus. There's a plot to take it out because if it gets going, it's unstoppable. And so God, we speak into right now the dream. God, we speak into that which is right now. And God, we call forth right now the ministry that is inside Justin. God, we call forth, Lord God, the nations. We call forth the thousands. God, we call forth the churches right now. And God, we pray right now a supernatural protection. Lord God, around his life and around the dream and around what's going to happen, around what's going to take place. And God, we say, let it be so. God, let it come, let it soar, let it fly, and let thousands upon thousands of children be impacted for the kingdom of God in Jesus' mighty name. We declare it over you. In Jesus' mighty name, we, we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need prayer uh, this morning, man, come on up. Come on, some pastors, come on up. Maybe you, maybe you relate with that message. We would love to pray for you. God bless you. Man, get plugged into a rooted small group this week. Get to your group this week. Get into the devotionals. Get into the material. It's going to be awesome. God bless if you need prayer. Come on up. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.